0: Welcome to this special bonus Save Our Skills episode of the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis. Now for those that don't know, the KBB Review Save Our Skills campaign was launched back in March and it's all about helping those people who have been made redundant from roles in the KBB industry because of the economic uncertainties surrounding the coronavirus. The aim behind it is to try our best to not let the years of skill, experience and knowledge drift out of this industry at a time when it needs it the most. We sent out a weekly email showcasing those job seekers to the whole sector and it's been really successful so far with nearly 60% of those featured finding new roles. Now I'm not claiming that they've all found new roles directly through the campaign, although many have, but what surprised me is how much everyone has said that being featured helped their confidence, their self-esteem and their drive to find something new and that's been just great to hear. So in these special Save Our Skills podcast episodes we're going to look in depth at some topics that are very relevant to anyone job hunting in this industry. And first up, we're going to look at CVs and covering letters. What are recruiters in this industry looking for from a CV? What's the best format? What level of detail should you put on there? And what makes yours jump out from everyone else's in the pile? I'll be talking to Louise Holloway, who is the head of HR at Frankie UK. The KBB Review, Save Our Skills Initiative and this very podcast episode are sponsored by our good friends at KUKA. They've been with us since the start of the campaign and we couldn't have done it without their support. So thank you very much to them. If you want to find out more, go to Kuka.co.uk. Let's delve right into the world of CVs and covering letters with Louise Holloway, who is the cluster head of HR at Franca UK. Hello, Louise. Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you for sparing us a bit of time today. The first thing we need to tackle, of course, is that job title, right, the cluster head of HR. Give us the 30-second version of what your role is.
1: So I uh, look after a number of countries in Franca. So I look after HR. I deal mainly with the strategic projects for the different countries, but I deal with the day-to-day recruitment, etc. for the UK.
0: Ah, that's the cluster bit. It, it is a cluster of countries.
1: It is a cluster of countries. So I look after Northern Europe and South Africa.
0: Wow, that's quite far away from each other.
1: Yes, <laughs> we don't know why.
0: That's a whole of the podcast, that one. <laughs> I've, I've sort of dragged you here today to talk a little bit about CVs. So let's start with what you're looking for when you first take a first pass over a pile of them. You know, when you're shuffling through a big pile of them, what are you immediately looking for to jump out at you in that first look?
1: I'm, I'm looking for something that is clear and relevant. The most recent sales role we we advertised, I got over 60 applications. For a consumer care role, we regularly get 80 to 100. So I'm looking for something that is, is clear and is relevant to the job that I am advertising for. It's got to say to me quickly... I've got the experience, all the skills that you're looking for, and this is how I've demonstrated it.
0: Right, so what you're seeing there, I think, is that you're looking for people to, as obvious as it probably sounds, adapt their CV for each job they apply for, effectively, as opposed to having one generic CV that they would just send out ad infinitum.
1: Absolutely, yes. I want to see that they've read the job description, they've thought about the job description, and they can actually apply themselves to that job description. So it's important that what they're including is relevant to what I'm looking for.
0: So let's say you've got a pile of 50 CVs there. How many of them do you immediately dismiss because that level of detail just isn't jumping out at you? Of
1: course. If I've got 50, I would say probably 30.
0: Sometimes I think it's quite daunting to hear how many applications jobs get, but it gets narrowed down very quickly.
1: Yes, it does, yeah.
0: So I think the other thing that people have with their CVs is, or the decision they have to make about them, is is the level of detail to put on there. Yeah. Particularly if, you, particularly if you've had a very long career, if you've been in the industry for years, what's your advice on how to prioritise what to put in, what to leave out, how much detail to put in there?
1: Again, look at the job description. Look at what the person's looking for. I, I'm not going to read a CV that's six pages long. I've got another 49, 50 of them to read. So what I'm looking for is on the first page, the parts of the most recent role that you've done that are relevant to the job that I'm, I'm advertising for. I don't need a massive detail, but nor do I just need something that says I've been an area sales manager. What does that involve? What were the key responsibilities that you had that are relevant to the role that I'm advertising for? It all comes back to the job description.
0: So if someone's been in the market for years or in the industry for years, are you interested in something they did 15 years ago?
1: Not really, no. Hopefully they've moved on from there.
0: For you, it's all about, look, what your most recent job was. And in that sense, it's irrelevant how old they are for the same reasons. I know legally you have to be, ages irrelevant. But, you know, you're looking for literally what, what their most up-to-date current experience is, and that's the thing that's going to leap off the page for you. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm
1: looking, again, obviously depends on, yes, I don't care about age. But I'm, I'm really looking for maybe the past five years. Those are the bits that are interesting to me. Yes, if someone's got a long career over the business, great. Tell me that, but don't tell it to me in great detail. The industry's moved on. They've moved on. I'm interested in what they've done recently.
0: And I guess this is much more relevant for sales roles, but what proof of success are you looking for there? Are you looking for them to say, I increased this by 20% and I you know increased that by 70%?
1: Yes, that's useful uh, to be able to say this is this is what I've done. These are the successes that I've had, because then we can probe into that if we get to interview. So I can say, right, you, you said you'd increased by 20 percent. How did you do that? But I'm also, again, coming back to the job description, I'm interested in the softer skills and how they go about doing things.
0: So clearly, don't lie about it. Don't lie. <laughs> really don't lie. <laughs> it's always the best episode of The Apprentice, that, isn't it, when they pick their CV to pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and what about, uh, and it's a very common phrase that's used a lot now, but what about transferable skills? Can you immediately identify things that perhaps their experience isn't in, for example, selling sinks and taps, but they have a transferable skill that you think, actually, that's exactly what we're looking for?
1: Yes, absolutely. We try not to get too bogged down. Yes, if they've got sinks and taps experience, great. But if not, have they worked in a similar setup? Have they worked for a company that has a similar culture? Can they demonstrate that they can sell? A lot of the recent interviews, well, not that recent, obviously with the current pandemic, but you know, previous interviews we've done have not been directly from sinks and taps, and actually that can be really successful it's about the selling. Are you a natural salesperson in the kind of culture that that we have? And and that culture match is important.
0: This is where things like hobbies and interests come in, isn't it? I think sometimes people feel obliged to put hobbies and interests on things and they say, I like reading or something yeah but actually it's it's what's relevant to those transferable skills, isn't it? For example, I guess if you run a Sunday football team, you know there's an awful lot of administration teamwork, you know all those transferable personality qualities that could be useful in a job.
1: Yes, absolutely. and particularly if you're looking at a more entry level role, that somebody may not have had the experience. if I'm looking for somebody to work in customer services on the phones, on emails, they may not have that experience. But they may have done something in their social life or volunteering or charity work that says, look, I am a good people person and I can work with a computer or whatever. The hobbies, I'm not always that bothered about unless they tell me something interesting. So, yes, it's great you love reading and going on walks with your dog, but that doesn't really reflect much on the role that I'm asking you to do.
0: What about gaps in the timeline? A CV is effectively a timeline of your, of your whole career. But what if there's gaps and things like that? Do they jump out at you? Do you think, hang on a minute, there's a six-month gap in that line? I wonder what he was up to.
1: It can do. I think there's a difference these days. When I first started in HR, you, you would have a look at it and go, oh, gosh, there's a big gap. It, it could be that someone's decided to go travelling. It could be for either gender they've taken time off to spend with, with children or with family. It could be they were made redundant, and that is not the stigma that it used to be. So we may ask about gaps, and if there's a lot of gaps, then that might raise a question that maybe they can't stay in a role and they're consistently moving on. But the occasional gap, I'm not going to worry about it too much.
0: So honesty is the best policy there?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Okay, so what about format itself? What about the literal layout of the thing? Because there's loads of templates available. You can go into Microsoft Word and there's a million CV layouts in there. Does it make a difference, do you think?
1: It does to a degree. I want it to be clear and simple. Um, I'm not interested in fancy fonts. I'm not interested in seeing your photograph. I don't want brightly colored paper. I want something that's easy to read. I want it to be clearly laid out. Use bullet points, don't use huge amounts of text. A lot of people say put a personal summary down. Great, do that. If it tells me something about you and why you're interested in the role please don't put I work great on my own or uh, also as part of a team because everybody puts that it's a waste of words and also if you haven't done a CV for a while I don't need a date of birth I don't need marital status those things are no longer relevant Um, not that they ever should have been but yeah keep it short two pages if you can and keep it clear
0: I find that, generic, that, that sort of generic language thing that people feel that they need to put in yeah. there very sort of interesting. You know, I'm passionate about business. I'm a self-motivated go-getter, you know, yes. stuff that doesn't really mean anything. But then th- they put it in job ads too sometimes, you know, you must be self-motivated. Yeah. And I think Like anyone's going to look at that advert and go, well, that's just not me. I'm afraid I'm not yeah. self-motivated <laughs> at all. It can be very distracting and it can make finding the detail, these nuggets of detail that you say you're looking for. Very difficult, I think, can't it?
1: It can. And people can waffle a bit and and tell me irrelevant things. So, again, going back to what I'm looking for, keep it to the job role. Don't tell me all about the masses of people management experience you've had if the job role doesn't call for it. Because then I think either you haven't read the job description properly or this is not the job that you really want. You're using it as a springboard to get to something else.
0: How do you feel, Louise, about people contacting you directly before they send their CV in to get a little bit more of the detail about the job? Is that an an okay thing to do, an acceptable thing to do?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it it shows that someone's actually interested. I'm looking, I know, particularly in these difficult times, that people will be applying for a lot of roles. But for me, my role is the most important. So if somebody wants to give me a ring or drop me an email and say, I've seen your job advertised. You know, I I'd like to know a bit more about it. Then I'm more than happy to discuss that role with them to see if it's if it's the right thing for them and get an idea if they're the right person for us.
0: For a role like yours, recruitment sites, even LinkedIn, things like that are as much a blessing as they are a curse because it's very easy to just hit that apply button, isn't it? It's very easy to just go "Yes, apply, apply, apply," and I guess that's how you end up with a hundred applicants for one for one job of which you can easily just dis- dispense with fifty or sixty percent of them quite quickly.
1: It can be, particularly, again, at the the more junior level roles, the number of people you phone and they they either don't answer the phone or you leave a message and they never come back to you. Or they say, oh, sorry, what job was that again? And it's not a great introduction to the person. I want to feel that you've actually taken some time about this application and thought about it, because to me, it's, it's very important.
0: Here's the big question here, Louise. When it comes to CVs here, what's the biggest mistakes people make? What are the things that absolutely drive you nuts?
1: The irrelevant detail does. That drives me nuts when you're waffling on for hours about something that isn't relevant to my role. The generic CV that, again, doesn't reflect what we're looking for, that someone has just banged in and hoping for the best, not using spell check to have something that's badly spelled, bad grammar particularly if they follow it up with I have great attention to detail, getting the company name wrong or, or my name wrong if they send it directly to me, and putting a contact number on that I can't then get hold of you on. If you put a contact number on it, make sure that you're available to answer it.
0: It seems mad that that is even an issue, but clearly I mean, I it is. It is. The other bit of a CV is the covering letter. Yes. How important is that still to do something that formal? Is it still something that you would expect and look for?
1: Not necessarily. We tend to manage our recruitment through our online portal, which is through our website. It gives you the option to attach a covering letter, but you don't have to. They can be great if they're, again, concise and they tell me something about the person and why they're applying for the role. Again, I don't want a three-page covering letter just telling me how wonderful they are in a very generic way. Actually, a well-written CV with a, a good sort of personal statement on it, for me, is enough. Other recruitment people may feel differently. I've actually seen a few debates on that recently. But for me, if you've got a good CV that tells me everything, then I don't necessarily need the covering letter to
0: go with it. Traditionally, you would have a generic CV and then you would have a covering letter that pulled out the relevant bits that were relevant to that job. But what you're saying is, no, actually, everything should be relevant to that job.
1: Yeah. It's actually like doing two pieces of paper that you've got to update all the time.
0: Yes. And as you say, a lot of these things sit digitally now rather than in a physical folder or you know printed it out. Yeah. Okay, so there's two channels where you might see a CV. One is, as you say, the the formal application to a job that you have advertised. Yes. But the other bit of it is the speculative contact, people sending their CVs in just saying, look, I'm available. If if you've got anything that I might be suitable for, please let me know. Are you seeing a lot of that at the moment?
1: I'm not, actually. I, I expect probably over the next few months we might get more. But at the moment, very little.
0: What's your advice then to people who might be thinking of doing that? What's the difference between looking at a job description or, or a job recruitment advert that tells you what the job is and therefore you tailor your CV to it? What would be the difference for a speculative contact with you?
1: Do a bit of research. Have a look at our website. Have a look at the kind of roles that we have. Um, have a look at our culture. You can see that from the website. You can see what kind of business we are. And then, again, tailor it. A speculative application to our company. Now, I will look at every single speculative application we get. It may be that we know we have something coming up, in which case I would say, great, thank you. Please keep an eye out or we'll be in contact. If it's not something that we we know about, if it looks great, I'll keep it on file for three months. If not, then I will politely decline
0: It's as much about understanding the level of detail, you're just shaping it to the company rather than a specific role.
1: Yes, it's understanding what sort of roles we're likely to have and to show again that you have looked into the company and think this is a company that I I am genuinely interested in working for.
0: We live in a digital age. As you say, the days of sending in your CV printed out on a piece of paper are are probably long gone up to a point. Obviously, lots of people these days might do a video of themselves, for example, to sell themselves face-to-face. Do we like them? Do we not like them? Do they go anywhere? I've
1: never had one, I have to say. I I don't know if it's this industry that that we, we don't do that yet, but I've never had one. I think I might be personally slightly uncomfortable with somebody just sending me a video, I think first contact either by phone or by email is probably still appropriate obviously in current circumstances we may set up a video call to discuss further but for me I don't think we've quite got to to video speculative applications yet
0: Well that's a shame because some of them I'm sure you could share around the office <laughs> Right, so look, let's let's try and sum all this up a little bit, Louise, as we bring to a conclusion here. Yeah, If you had to give one piece of advice, what's the one thing you want people listening to this to take away when it comes to sitting down and doing their CV? What, what would it be?
1: Keep it clear, keep it relevant to the job that you're applying for.
0: Perfect. Look, Louise, thank you so much for your time. So interesting to hear this level of detail from someone at the front line, the person who's got to actually sift through those CVs for recruitment in this industry. So thank you so much for your time. An absolute pleasure. Thanks, Louise.